Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Gareth and Milo. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Steph. Hello, Steph. Excellent. Good to have you both, as always, on the pod. Uh, and I know that uh, someone among us uh, has been uh, looking into you know, new song suggestions, if I'm not incorrect, right? No, I haven't been looking into them. I mean, firstly, I want to – I mean, this is just me talking to the listeners here – don't do this. Don't send me song recommendations. Steph is going to make us have them on the pod. If it, you, this when is going to become this is, this is going to become something that none of us want. So please, just stop it. Don't send them in. Relieve it. You know, just let us off this torture. But that said, it's very nice. It's very nice to hear from from listeners as well. So crumpet on Twitter. So these are after we were. Talking last week about songs we'd like to sing. He's beside himself with worry. I, well, I am. I've vetoed. I've vetoed a musical episode of this pod before, where everyone sung everything, Steph. So you know, I, there's only. So, I know where this is heading. If this, Did we suggest these, that once that we sing before, an yeah. entire pod? Yeah. Oh, what a great idea! No, it was an awful idea. See, oh, this you've is, got, you got the I'm, dump button, Milo. Come on, you've got the dump button. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Listeners, this is what you're letting us in for. Anyway, it's very nice to hear from you all the same and some really, some, some good song suggestions after we were talking about them last week. So Crumpet on Twitter. Um, I think you might like this one, Steph. Suggested mm. past, oh, let's get this right. Pass to a doggy on the left-hand side. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, I like that. Pass to a doggy on the left-hand side. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Pass I, to a doggy on the left-hand side. That's right, yeah. Pass to a doggy on the left-hand side. Gareth, can we hear a refrain? I don't know the tune, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Milo, use, note, but, to us, yeah. note to us, sending musical youth's essential hits after the yeah. pod's finished recording. Pass the Dutchie. The first, first record that my brother bought, that was. Um, oh, brilliant. If we're doing it, I'd like us to really start with the bit at the very beginning where this generation rules the nation with, or maybe with passion or something like that we could have in there. And then you could really go for that. Um, and another Adugi one, and I think, or Doggy one, I think this one's probably more likely to happen is, uh, and this one came from Helen Beck on Mastodon, who said, who let Udoggy out? Who, who, who? I think, I think that <laughs> yes. one's quite likely. That's good. I, that one I know. I like that. I like that. So, so everyone's looking for for uh, an, a, a new doggy song. This is good. We need one. So those are the suggestions we've had this week. No I more, like please. That. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but, 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 <laughs> I must say, I have to tell you about musical youth. I knew a sound. Oh, I know a sound man very well, and one of his first gigs was doing musical youth in Jamaica. And he said that during that time of past the Dutchie, and when he landed, he said, you know. Having a kid who was like, I don't know, 11 or 12, walk up to him mm. and hand him a joint the size of a baseball bat as he descended the stairs on the plane was was like one of the most wonderful things that's happened to him in the music business. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, but I've got, I've got to say, chaps, I know. I apologise in advance, I Milo, but I have to do this. I warned you. I told you this would happen. But, but, but. <laughs> No, but both of you surely accept this. And and I know our listeners well. How on earth have we not adopted Boney M's Sunny for Sunny? I mean, <laughs> go on. It's not Boney M's song. It's a cover version. It is. You're correct. Mm. And it was uh, produced by that uh, rather maniacal German uh, producer who also ruined Millie Vanilli. You're correct. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, Boney M are the ones who made it popular, right? So... Ped and Chiss, I mean, but they did, they did, you know, but Sonny, I'm James not going to Brown, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Cher, Dusty Springfield, Ella Fitzgerald, Frankie Valley, Frank Sinatra, Leonard Nimoy. 
Yes, Ooh, he's, had that, he's had that list ready to throw at me on this pod. But I'm telling you, most of us know the Boney M version, if we know it at all, which sadly is proven that, 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 anyway. that we don't. Because, Sonny, yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sonny, you smiled at me and really eased the pain. The dark days are gone and the bright days are here. My sunny one shines so sincere. Sonny, one so true. I love you. Come on. I mean, we're missing a trick, right? (laughs) No, you're not listening. I also did rewrite another line, which had, you're the spark of Tottenham's fire. You're good friends with Eric Dyer. I don't think that one will catch. (laughs) (laughs) That's my personal version. Anyway, look, at this, look, if ever, if if ever a giant hook could be thrown through a computer screen, uh, it's, it's coming at me now. Um, so should we just move swiftly onto Lion City Sailors? Because by God, I like the direction this pod's going. Stop it. What did I say? I warned you. Don't don't write him a song suggestions. This is what happens. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I'm old Gareth sitting there like, why the fuck am I sitting here listening to this? This is just not my bag. So Lion City Sailors, the, the friendly we did manage to play in the last week. Gareth, how did we play? Oh, God. Um... It, well, it was when we conceded that first goal, despite having the, we'd already had about 25 shots on goal in seven minutes, just the source of embarrassment of knowing the amount of memes that were going to be coming out um, around WhatsApp, which I duly received, um, was, um, was was slightly unbearable. Um, yeah, it was. It felt like we were watching us play against Marine again. Do you remember we played Marine in the FA Cup a couple of years ago? I think probably, in, in fairness, Lion City Sailors are probably a mark above them. Um, but it was um, it felt like a glorified training session. Steph, can we go back to the singing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, you know, you, 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 you've got to let me come on to the bit where I celebrate that we've won the Singapore Poor Cup. Let's go back to the singing, Steph. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, okay. Going it's down. The, going it's the, going tiger, down it's the Tiger Trophy, isn't it? Is it the Tiger Trophy? I think it's the Tiger Trophy, yeah. We win yeah. a trophy, Gareth, and you can't even be bothered to memorise a trophy of this magnitude. I said, well, I've went on for 20 years with people saying that we won the worth, um, the Worthless Cup, wasn't it, or whatever it was called <laughs> in 1999. So this isn't a new thing. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, dear, dear. Um, yeah, now what will I come out with? It... Um, it, yeah, it, look, it was it was an entertaining it was an entertaining game to watch. I like the way that we're playing. I like the intensity that we're playing with. I like the um, like the patterns of play that we get in. I like the the tempo of play as well. You have got to enjoy the fact that no matter who you're playing to create that many opportunities at goal um, suggests to me that it's going to be a more fun season. And that's been very much in keeping with everything that's happened in pre season so far. Yeah, I'd agree with the second bit. Yeah, I thought it was really good fun. I enjoyed it. Um, um, I think. You know, in terms of like compared to the West Ham game, most of what we saw was the same. There wasn't really any tactical tweaks with anything like that. I think Kane was playing a little bit higher than he had against West Ham, um, which helped a bit. But and I think in the first half, I think players clearly tired as the half went on. I think Ange had spoken about that and said that they'd been doing double training sessions. And I know that they'd done an eleven eleven versus eleven game um, to make up for the the game we lost, the game against Leicester we lost. Um, uh, yeah, I thought I thought we looked a bit leggy as the half went on, and you know we had you know lots and lots of shots. I thought we're unlucky not to get a penalty for when Decky was brought down by the keeper. Um, mm. That looked like a penalty to me. The ref, understandably, I suppose with a with a friendly like that, probably wanted to try and keep the score reasonable and 
you know, not gift us anything, but it probably didn't help, you know, in that first half. Um, and second half, as against West Ham, as, say, as they tired, I thought we really took advantage. I thought we were great. And, um, you know, I think, you know, when we look at this tour, you'd probably say, what, you know, the Celso, Perisic and Richie have probably been our best three players. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to clarify, when Milo said that the game we lost, uh, that the Leicester game that we lost, is it, referring to the fact that we did have a friendly slated against them that was rained out at the last minute. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I'd I'd recorded it because it was on in the middle of the night, and so you know I got up at seven a.m., which was still too early really to be watching. And I'm I'm watching my recording. I'm like, why the bloody hell have they got motocross on? What the bloody hell's going on here? Did I press the wrong button? What is it? And finally, I looked at my WhatsApp and I saw that it had been cancelled for, I guess, yeah. for torrential rain. That ball not bad bouncing and all that business I, you know? yeah i didn't mean we lost the game i meant, meant yeah. that the fixture was lost, lost to fixture. bad weather yeah yeah, yeah I, just I, I, and the- there were some clips from the um, training ground release today it looks like we brought the uh, monsoon season back with us because it was uh yeah <laughs> very very rainy at uh a hotspur away today yeah yeah I, I i i i i agree i mean i i I think that there's so many positives right now in the, the the overall attitude that some of these players who were, you know, let's face it, whipped and beaten into some sort of systematic submission for the last two years, to see them slowly rediscovering that they are actually A, footballers, and B, bloody good footballers when they go forward, is exciting. Um, I, I was particularly excited and am particularly excited to see Pat Sarr so prominently in Angie's plans. Uh, and you can see him growing with every minute that he plays. I mean, you could, the potential and the ceiling that he has is, is immense, you know. He, he was uh, very complimentary. About. He was very yeah. complimentary about, um, about, um, uh, yeah. Saar in, in his press conferences. Yeah. And, and look, we know what James Madison's all about and, and we know what he can do, but to see him really clicking in and, and doing it as much as he already has in these few minutes he's getting is, is tantalizing. And I mean, really, the only complaint I have is that, you know, I want to see what he does, you know, when he's in, when he's in, uh, this second 11 or alternate 11. I want to see him with Richarlison ahead of him and let's see what happens there. Um, I mean, Ange, actually, if you put, look at those two teams, chaps, Ange has a, an, almost an embarrassment of riches, even if you take Harry out of it in terms of options, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be really interesting to see who he picks against Shakhtar on Sunday um, because you'd imagine you'd imagine there might be a little bit of mixing up between the two teams. I think I'd be surprised if he plays Madison and Lacelso in the same starting lineup. I think he wants um, a creative eight and a and a hard work, you know, a grafting eight. So I think yeah, that's where Saar comes. So I think it's probably between Saar, Skip, and you know Hoybier if he's around for the kind of grafting eight role. Um, yeah, with the with the team that was announced for Leicester, you know, before the game was abandoned, it looked like uh, Basuma was going to be tried there as well. But I think I think that's probably the mix. I mean, Lacelso could do the grafting, but um, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I think yeah. If you're starting Perisic, who are you dropping? Son, Decky? Doesn't sound likely. I think he's probably a final twenty-minute player. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Richarlison start the game at number nine. But if 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 Kane's if Kane's around next weekend and he's not in the starting eleven, then there's going to be a lot of noise yeah. about that. Oh, quite. Uh... But, you know, Gareth, would you not agree that, you know, taking emotion out of it, and we'll probably be discussing this on and off through the pod, the way it's shaping up, it does actually, when you look at these two sides and the possible blend for what will end up at Brentford first game of the season, it you know, Harry is the one that swaps out. And, and, and look, 
with the caveat that nobody can replace Harry Kane. We say this every week and we have to make it clear before someone says, well, he's a great player. You can't just kick him. Of course you can't. But we have to live with this situation. He may not be here. And that's sort of essentially what we're doing. So looking at these lineups, it makes sense, does it not? Or are we all off our rocker here? Um, I, I can't get beyond the fact that any team without Harry Kane in it is going to be weaker. And in pre-season, you can see something. But I think ultimately, you'd rather want him in the team than you than you don't because he's he's going to create moments for you. And he's well, created, what, 283 of them since he's, since he's been with us. So I'm loathe to read too much into friendlies at the moment. I think, you know, you mentioned the, the um, Lion City Sailors probably tied a little bit in the second half. I, I wonder whether if you swap, put Richarlison in the first half and Kane in the second half, whether whichever of them was playing as the number nine in the second half would have had those additional opportunities or not. Are you um, seeing enough? In these, in the, I mean, even in the limited time we've had, and and I will uh, back to you, Gareth, for a moment because I think you, you've got probably maybe the most pragmatic look at this versus I, I'm not sure actually maybe that's not true even, but I know that you're very much you seem very cautious and I understand that, but are you seeing anything that is giving you trust that we will be creating chances? Uh, you know, beyond just looking to feed Harry and Sonny with Ange? I mean, does that not give you any confidence? Mm. Oh, no, it, 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 it does. I think we'll be a team who will be far more rounded in terms of what we do in attacks this year. Um, Richarlison, you've seen the best and worst of him. In the West Ham game, What he missed at least three absolute guilt-edge chances. And on Wednesday, he took them. I think that's probably where he is. I think we're um, we're just going to have to get used to dealing with players who, or seeing players who aren't completely world class. I think that's the I think that's the difference. Um, so the one thing we haven't seen yet that I wonder whether whether Kane's there or not would be interesting to see would be how Sun plays through the middle in that system in a four three three. And then you could maybe put Perisic on the left because he's you said he's been very much in form, gives you the opportunity of moving Madison further forward and then putting Lacelso into midfield. So I think these. These, these these are good options here. And I think we've now got a coach who will ensure that we are actually playing in the opposition's half of the majority of the game rather than playing in our own. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about Richarlison missing a few. I think yeah, what he's bringing primarily is that you know, is stretching or pushing the defence back and creating the space for the others as we talked about you know a fair bit last week um so I think that's fine I, I did think actually so I rewatched the game this afternoon um just to refresh my you know refresh my memory hmm. and I was thinking of you Steph actually when with uh Richie's second the header hmm. I, I know I know you love a cheeky goal hmm. I think that must be one of the cheekiest we've we've scored for hmm. a while and uh very good I'm assuming it's one you liked oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've t- t- just to come off your point of um, chances, I- I'm definitely in the camp of missing the chances. One thing, if you're not there to miss it, that worries me a lot more. So I'm glad to see that his number nine Spurs muscle is is slowly coming to life because let's face it, he has not had many chances in the position that he plays for Brazil as their centre forward. And you know, loads of people are going on, well, Brazil haven't had a great number nine since, you know, whatever. You know, the bloke scored some goals in the World Cup, one of which was nominated as the goal of the tournament. We can't denigrate these achievements. I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying I hear it in the echo chambers out there. Um, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not concerned about that at all. I think he's coming good and I think he will come good. So the one player in the kind of the second 11 that we haven't talked about, Solomon, I think you know, he played oh, on the right this time. Very good. I, I thought he had a really, really, really good yeah. game. I mean, he, yeah. he got an assist for, for La Celso's goal, um, showed some great skill in the box. Mm. And I thought, yeah, yeah, 
I thought he looked really, really good. Really good. And so we've seen him yes. on both flanks now. I think he's looking like a really good addition to the squad. Yes. Yeah. Gareth, any thoughts on that? I like him. Um, whether, yeah, I, I, in fact, I was talking to a Fulham season ticket holder about him last year, and I, I think he's going to be the ultimate moments player for us. Um, I, I think he'll be very, very hot and cold this year, but I, I think he'll be enjoyable to watch. I, I think he could be a, what I've seen of him, and from what I've heard as well, he could be a real Spurs vibe sort of player. Yeah, um, yeah he, had just... a, he, he had a very streaky season for Fulham. He was unlucky missing the first, you know the first half of the season, and then when he came back after the World Cup, he had a very, very hot streak. So I think maybe that's where they've got where where they would get that impression of him. Um, I do think that our system, our formation, is going to help him a lot more because he's going to be you know up on the opposition defence a lot more, and 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 we're going to be looking to for him to get behind. And it's it's those low crosses. If you if you watch you know us playing, we're, we're beating a man, getting low crosses, and just peppering the box with those crosses. And um, you know that's very different to to what he would have been asked to do at Fulham. Yeah, I mean, look in my in my utopian view of Tottenham, which is basically twenty four hours a day. Uh, <laughs> I try and find the positives. You know, you look at a player like him coming on with twenty five minutes to go. Um, there's slightly tiring defenders. Mm. Maybe he is electric. I mean, his pace, his injection of pace over that first twenty yards is electric. I mean, it's a brilliant. He's a zero to ninety. You know what I mean in terms yeah. of acceleration. And yes, those crosses to the uh, are very accurate. He is. He delivers proper opportunities and as the midfield as those number eights get used to coming on from the you know from the back of the box and running onto them you see the way that Saar moves he's very intelligent Madison I think we're going to get a lot of opportunities from him and I think once again going back to lazy comparisons you know there's people who are thinking oh is he another you know in G or is he in Kudu like that type of signing I do not see that at all I do not I think he's a I think he's an upgrade on Lucas at this Mm -hmm. point yeah um, and and you know we need that we need that so yeah. it's going to be like it's going to be like pinball in the box isn't it we're hammering Ooh, these great. balls in and we've got uh, you know, yeah. f- four or five players running into the box and uh, yeah. and then you've got the opposition defence it's going to go around all over the place yeah um, it's going to be exciting but I think again as we're all as we're saying I think the key with him is he doesn't just aimlessly like you know toss the thing in there his his productivity has actually been a lot better than his assist stats suggest. I think he's going to end up with a lot more assists with this side than he has mm. uh, than he had with Fulham. So, and and he's got a decent shot on him as well. I mean, we, we saw yeah. um, against West Ham, he had a uh, a shot that went just wide. Um, but yeah, he's yeah, um, yeah promising, really yeah. promising. Would a fair comparison be? I, I agree. I don't think it's an NG or a Nkudu one. I wonder whether he's more of a Nasser Chadley sort of player, so he'll be you know sort of first sub on if we're. If we're if if we're losing or we're looking for something a little bit different, can play on both sides. Probably some mm-hmm. capability of some, some some really good moments. Interesting because they're both they both have a slightly different rate of acceleration. So I'm trying to like modify that into the comparison. I think the comparison stands generally. Yeah, mm, yeah I mean not, they are slightly so, different so players stylistically. Just perhaps the impact that they'll have on the team. Sure. And the squad. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean Chadley, in fairness, did an awful lot for Poch at a time when Poch needed it doing. I mean, he wasn't ultimately mm. going to be able to last the test of time, however. Yeah, Nico Crancher was the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, that's fine. Yeah, if we're talking about squad players who are useful, can come in, do a job, you know, bring, good to bring on for the last, you know, 20 minutes. You know, we've spoken about, you know, Perisic in that kind of role as well. Um, you know, we, we're, we're playing at such a, you know, intense pace, intense speed. You know, we, we talked last week about um, Angie's We Don't Stop mantra we had at Celtic we heard that on a clip uh from the training 
just before the Lion City game for the first time. So it, it's mm-hmm. come over. So we, we've got a, we don't stop. And you know, you, even just the little things like the throw-ins, the throw-ins are getting taken so quickly. We don't faff around with it, and which is, yeah. you know, I'm really pleased about. It. It's something that I've um, has, has annoyed me for a while because you, you give a team a chance to get back into their defensive shape, and yeah. um, you know, it, there's there's little or no advantage in having one. If you take it quickly, then you've always got the chance of of catching someone out of position and and and, and creating something. So, yeah, really. In fact, we we scored from the. Um, the Richie uh, header was from uh, Perisic's throw, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. So. Question, just one question for both of you. I mean, are we officially, uh, we've officially seen maybe uh, Reggie's uh, last game in our shirts? I mean, he's one of the players he's not quite going to make the cut with, with Ange. Do we agree? We've got a question on him later on, actually, because he's, he's been linked with um, ah. a move. So, um, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, Ange just made it pretty clear that he sees Ben Davis as a as a left back and he's only filling in at left centre back because we haven't brought in any central defenders yet and, mm-hmm. yeah, players coming back from injury. So I, th- I think we're going to go into the season with uh, a doggy and, and Davis as our, as our left backs. And, yeah, I think Reggie yeah. will be sold. I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, done particularly well in either of those games i don't think he's been awful but i don't think he's shown enough to to force his way in no and there's also sessignon within that mix as well who may be difficult to shift because he's got an injury at the moment yeah yeah so i suppose let's just round off this particular section i mean let's try if we can and i'm going to be the one who falls the big most foul of this uh this proclamation or this this hope which is you know can we encapsulate what we've learned so far this pre-season in a minute or less who wants to take that challenge first? I can. Excellent. I can. I I think it's pretty clear who you know the top twenty two players in the team are. Um, you know, and we know that you know, some of those in that second eleven. Actually, you know, some 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 of those are, uh, across that twenty two are probably likely to leave. You know, possibly Kane, almost certainly Hoybier, definitely Sanchez. You know, we know there's a few other, you know, we talked about Reggie there. We know there'll be a few others that are going as well. We also know that there's a couple, you know, Fraser Forster didn't make the trip. Um, and Brian Hill was injured, which is a shame because I think it would have been interesting to see what he could do. I don't know whether his chance has gone now. And, you know, if Perisic stays around, then maybe Hill goes out on loan again. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I think you can see roughly that squad taking shape now. The players who've been training with, well, do it, you know, training on their own who went on tour, I think probably all of those are going to leave. Um, I think you know we when we did our squad review at the end of the season, we we're talking about um, Austin and, and Whiteman. Well, Austin's played the second half of both mm-hmm. games, so I think we can probably assume that Whiteman is is surplus and is also available for sale. Well, he's got he had a bad injury, didn't he, Whiteman? He did. I think in training he got carried off on a stretcher. That was after the game, so was it? it was certainly after the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's before after. I've met um, Ali, Ali Gold on his yeah. YouTube mentioned that. I mean, Hugo's still there as well, isn't he? Yeah. Nothing's happened with him yet. No, there's... <laughs> but he's he was left behind to find a new club. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and if we get to the end of the window and he hasn't found a club, then we'll pay off his contract in the same way that we did. You know, we have others over the last few years. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's not never going to play for us again. I, th- I think, you know, we, we end this this window, uh, sorry, this, uh, this tour, knowing broadly what the squad looks like, who's leaving and which gaps we've got to fill. Which, yep. if you'd offered me that when we went, I would have said, yeah, yeah I'd be happy with that. Gareth? I think it's evidence that the season's going to be more fun to watch, but I think there'll be um, a few heart attacks when we're defending as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. We've got our Tottenham back. Yeah, yeah. no, we do, in, in, in more ways than one, which we'll get into a little later. Um, 
for me, I think what we've learned, and I speak for a general populace of Spurs supporters that maybe hadn't studied Ange Postacoglu as much as, as, as others, I think what we've learned is that this man is more than capable of doing what he needs to do with this football club, of impressing his style and his way of management and his way and his style of play. And uh, I felt a very warm comfort from what I saw of him, uh, you know, on the tour. And obviously we only see what the club sort of lets us see. So, you know, bear in mind that's probably through, you know, Tottenham tinted glasses. But the uh, the calm air of assurance with which he's going about his business uh, in, you know, let's face it, it's another turbulent summer. Uh, gives me real hope that, you know, we're going to make some significant strides forward with, as you said, Milo, getting our Tottenham back, which is surely, as we said a few weeks ago, that the, the most important prerequisite of the forthcoming season beyond anything else. have Let's get our club back. And I believe I've seen enough from this man that I think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yes. We, should, we can enjoy our football again. And, and you know, it's... fancy that. Fancy that. I mean, as, I mean, you've talked about this. Both of you have talked about this. And, you know, we talked about how much fun it was with Martin Yole, you know, and when maybe, you know, it was the expectations, you know, there was only one way for the club to go at that point, And it was up. I mean, we've been tainted in a sense by our own over, over exceptionalism under Pochettino. Um, and we are sort of back at that point where there's promise and hope and, 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 and yeah, I agree with you, fun. A similar profile of character, except that Martin was a little bit more of an agreed, you know, a gregarious entertainer. But I agree. Let's, let's I, enjoy these days. I mean, I think Ange is a, is a far better tactician than Yo was. Yes, I think. I, undoubtedly. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, the, the level of football we're playing or, you know, attempting to play is, you know, is, is tactically astute. It's, it's good stuff. It's good football. Um, I think I think it will be effective. I think you know I'm not as quite as pessimistic as no. <laughs> obviously characteristic of me. You know, I'm not as, I'm not as pessimistic as Son about how long it might take us to settle into this. I think um, yeah, the forwards certainly look very very comfortable with this. I think obviously defensively we're always going to be open when you're pushing that high up and you're committing that many men forwards. But that is you know one that's that's an accepted risk under Ange. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think having better players there will help. Um, but also getting used to how to defend, um, you know, running back is um, is something that they'll work on. And Ange just said that they haven't been working on the defensive stuff as much as the attacking stuff because they've been trying to get those patterns there and and get the use get the players used to playing quick one touch football. So I'm sure the rest will come. Even when you know, I'm, I, and I'm speculating somewhat here. Even when it comes to fucking another manager off or like you know, getting into a tiff, I feel we're going to have a little more fun with the way Ange does it than the way uh, Conte and Mourinho did it. You know, we'll be back to those Martin Yold days, maybe, of where I mean, who can forget the fantastic confrontation with Arsene Wenger? I mean, and just some of the little quips and comments, and Ange is whip smart on that front. It's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, in, in Glasgow, he was... He was getting, you know, he was doing that kind of stuff in the build-up to old firm games, which, you know, in, in that city, you know, I've, I've lived in that city. Uh, I know what it's like, you know, kind of firsthand. It's, you know, whilst we, you know, our, our rivalry is very intense. It's not intense in the same way because we're not all in, you know, such a, you know, it's not a two-team city in the same way. You know, you know, you're not in a workplace with people where it's split down the middle and it's, it's, you know, that's all there is. It's, you know, and he was, he was doing that in a, just a far, far more heated environment than he's got with us. But, you know, I mean, if he was doing that with our rivals, it's just a good job that they're not managed by someone who's, you know, flaky, easy to wind up, um, 
you know, gets yeah, really no, tetch, gets really tetchy and overreacts to things because you know, I mean, you yeah. know, what what could go wrong then? You know, it's yeah, a manager who is so calm he doesn't let a hair go out of place. Mm. Yes, quite. <laughs> anyway, uh, so. All right, let's let's move on uh, to the week that was. And poor old Ange, you know, uh, as has been. And this is something I have enjoyed reading on social media. It's been quite funny, you know. If he wondered what it was like to work at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, he got a real big dose of it this week with the Joe Lewis story, didn't he? Um, you know, who wants to read this? I don't Someone, mind. You know, I don't mind go doing on, it. Why so, don't you read the read the Joe Lewis story for so us? Will you? Anyone hoping for a quiet <laughs> week at Spurs would be disappointed at the news that Joe Lewis was indicted in the US for insider trading. Lewis transferred his ownership of Spurs to a Bahamas-based trust last October. The Telegraph's Matt Law, I don't normally quote him as um, as a reliable source or anything, but I mean, you know, sometimes you have to, has reported that we do not face the threat of any sanctions or forced sale over Lewis's indictment with the Premier League satisfied over the ownership structure. And it's probably worth saying that the club have been very, very strong in trying to distance themselves from this story and also Lewis's connections to the club. And I think when when Ange was asked about it in the press conferences after the Lion City game again, he was, I think it was his line saying, you know, we've put out a statement, you saying the club are lying or what have you. So, um I'm not quite sure whether there's a follow-up question on this, really. I mean, obviously, it's a bit embarrassing to have this kind of stuff dragged through us um, with it, without him being you know, formally involved in the club anymore. You know, other than that embarrassment and the story hanging around, is there anything more on this? Don't think. No, I, th- I think from a media piece, it's a bit of a storm in a teacup. I don't think it's going to affect us in any way. There's so much ambiguity about what his actual legal involvement in the club is. The, the club are going to bat it away. Um, yeah, I, I, I think just ignore it would be my advice to anyone. But you know, we're not going to end up with three points being deducted next season. Um, we're not going to be sanctioned. They're not going to have to close the mega store off or anything like what happened at Chelsea, which I think is the comparison that perhaps rival fans are. are looking um to be the conclusion of this <laughs> i don't think it was just opposition fans gareth there was plenty of our fans who were uh, right. um quite excited when this story first came out and uh and thought that this was kind of the answer to their wildest dreams but obviously it you know it doesn't it doesn't look like that so one of the other stories that's popped up this week which i i have to say um has been running in the less reliable uh newspapers of our times uh was the- <laughs> I'm always I sort of disbelief saying this. Jay-Z potentially launching a bid to buy Spurs, uh, an unnamed... For Gareth's benefit, Jay-Z is one of those rap singers that they have these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Who, no, no. He, I, I've got the reference point for Jay-Z because I was at the Beyonce <laughs> concert and I know that they are Of course. Married. Yeah. yeah right. um, and yep. I know that he was... I, I know he was highly impressed with the facilities available for the concert on the day, so... That, yes. is the, that is the natural follow-up for him now, isn't it? Yeah, well, of course. You get interested in the facilities, you buy them. Um, an unnamed business associate of uh, Jay-Z's was quoted in the papers as saying, more than a few of the very top clubs there, meaning the UK presumably, like Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea, are now under US ownership, and Jay would jump at the chance of a controlling interest at board level, <laughs> somewhere with the global reach of Spurs. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like Herbert Lom in those Pink Panther films. <laughs> it remains to be seen whether Mr. Lewis will walk away free. 
If he doesn't, Jay has said he wants to be in a position to move quickly if he feels the price is right. So first of all, to this spokesman of, of Jay-Z, listen to the, the previous five minutes of this pod and you'll realise that actually Jay-Z's bid should have absolutely nothing to do with Joe Lewis because we've determined that Joe Lewis is, that it's just nothing to do with Tottenham anymore. So let's, let's strip that away. I mean, is this, the question is, chaps, is this bollocks or do you think there's even a shred there, there might be something in it. I think it's probably, you know, unconnected to the Lewis stuff. But yeah, he's got interest in football already. I think he's connected to um, Lukaku, I think, is through an agency that he's involved in. And I think he's got other football interests as well. Um, so, yeah, possibly. And, you know, as we know, he was at the stadium in the summer. It's a, uh, I could imagine that there could be interest as an entertainment venue. I think, um, you know, and that's going to, you know, that's part of the reason for having a multi-use stadium, isn't it? That's going to gain interest in the States and, and, you know, I think all of the all of the signs are that you know from the concerts we've got a very good reputation for that now. So mm. yeah, possibly, possibly, but who I, knows? You know, I, I think we're reaping the benefits of the stadium being called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and not being called the Amazon Bowl. So whenever there's talk about how the club are frustrated, they've not, or they're still looking into it. I think it's a ploy. Actually, I think they're playing the long game here, and actually, the longer that the stadium is called Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, whilst there are what two NFL games and um, at least five concerts going on every year. I think that actually serves the purpose in terms of brand um, growth much better. Yeah, I, 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 think this is, I think this is an example of where this really comes yeah, to the fore. Very good point. I mean, it does. You're absolutely right. No amount of money could put the Tottenham Hotspur name out worldwide as much as it being quoted every week in the, in this particular situation. I mean, I, I, my, the mind boggles at this one, doesn't it? I mean, you d- imagine if he did get a board seat and uh, imagine that Levy obviously would probably be retained or make sure he was retained if he made a deal. I'd love to, I mean, a board meeting between Jay-Z and DL would be quite something, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't speculate we'll any further on that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Got, um, nine, got 99 problems, but the pitch ain't one, Steph. Yeah, well, as someone exactly, but someone else said if he does actually, someone on the on, on the internet said if he does buy into Tottenham, he's going to have a hundredth problem. <laughs> That's quite, uh, yeah. We, I, I there's think, so much to say. But. I, I think I think the talk is. I mean, he 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 doesn't have the wealth to buy the club in his own in his own right. Um, so I think you know the suggestion is that he would front up a consortium. And what what we do know is that he's going to be he's going to know loads of people who have got the kind of money to back that up. And I would mm-hmm. imagine that as a as a package, considering you know the other connections that he could bring to it, I'd imagine that that would be quite attractive. You know, um, so I don't know. Yeah, don't know. I wonder if it Cyril would mean it's all part of it's all destiny, isn't it? What's that? The Beyonce knows Cyril knows it's all destiny. <laughs> Destiny's Child. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if the stadium would be called the Jay Z, but the Jay Z Bowl or something like that. Would he name him? Would he name the stadium after himself if he took a bought a controlling interest? I wonder. I wouldn't have thought so. No, it doesn't make any financial sense, does it? Um, no. One thing. One thing you should be bear in mind, though, he has previously said that he's a gooner. No, I remember he was talking about trying to buy in there te- 10, 12 years ago because Thierry Henry was his favourite player, that's wasn't right. he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember all that. But, but well, we, you know, mm. this was back in the day when he didn't know anything about football, obviously. Since yeah. then, he's obviously clued himself in a lot more, and uh, as is obvious by his links with us. We've given that a lot more time than it actually warranted, haven't we? <laughs> oh, well, that is the nature of pre-season, isn't it? I mean, it really is. Uh, there have been three interviews with our players in the last week that have been really insightful and more than a little moving. Um, Christian Romero's was forthright, honest and passionate in his story, revealing that Conti did not have all the players on his side and was bad for morale. Uh, 
Romero also revealed that he had received a couple of offers from other clubs this summer, but that he is committed to Spurs and wants to play his best years here. Uh, he was also pretty fiery in shooting down claims that he saves his best form for Argentina. So uh, it was, it's, a, it's really some really interesting words from him, and I'll ask for your feedback on that in a minute. Um, Sonny, meanwhile, told the sad and somewhat grisly tale of a season of tangible hurt, like physical pain, explaining how on the pitch every physical action left him in constant, constant pain last season. And he was explaining that he delayed having surgery until the end of the season because he did not want to let the fans or his teammates down. And the last interview that I will mention, uh, it is my weekly mention of Eric Dyer on this pod. Um, but, you know, I think it's really justified. Uh, Eric gave an interview about Delhi and it just showed what a sad and intense situation that, that it was and is. And I, I thought it was an interview that showed the humanity behind these players. And I just don't think it can never be emphasised enough. I mean, he was, you know, he broke down in tears on several occasions talking about Delhi's situation. So, chaps, those three different interviews, three different sides, any comments on on any of them? The first two are just two other reminders why you have to be so careful who you pick as your manager and it's the right cultural fit. Because I think what I'm talking about Sonny and well, Romero directly. Um, Sonny, it's more implied, isn't it? The um, manager that we had previously for him was a really bad fit for the club and meant that people were all pulling in very different directions. I think that was Romero almost quoted that verbatim, didn't he? That people were pulling in different directions. Um, and hopefully for the reasons we've discussed earlier in the pod, we've, we've, we've got a manager who's going to pull in the right direction direction now and it's just it's just really really important that you don't go and um don't try and cut corners yeah i thought they were really interesting i think yeah romero i think he draws a distinction doesn't he, he said it's when he came back after the world cup where uh that divide was there yeah and i think you know we could see that outside as well it was pretty pretty clear um I, i'm really pleased that he's committed himself to the future of the club um i think um there's been some i mean i think probably pretty clearly bollocks rumors about his commitment for a while so it was nice to see him actually say that he wants to stay there you know he's, he is one of the biggest names we've got at the club so it's really good to see that commitment um the sunny one again um you know it was clear that he had problems and you know we knew that he'd had the surgery yeah sad and say and i think you know just shows his commitment again to us he, he's he's great and you know if kane goes I, I hope he's made captain because i think you know we talk about players who've got you know, connection with other players but if you see him interacting with people I saw uh when the trophy was given out after the Lion City game and he was around the back patting players who hadn't played so you know fringe players on the back and and uh, you know making the making the point to go to them I think he's I think I, I think um Andrew said about this as well but I, I do think he's one of those players that's the glue that holds the squad together I think everyone talks very highly of him and um I think he's he's great for that and then the dire one yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole thing's you know very sad. We spoke about the Delhi interview a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, yeah, it's just all very sad. I think um, that also this week, uh, Dyer put some photos on Instagram from his wedding, and Delhi was there. I think Delhi Davis. I think Fatongan was there. I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure who else, but certainly it, that was nice. There was a nice photo of um, Delhi and and Davis with um, with Dyer and and, and Dyer's wife. Um, just you know, at the reception, it was everyone was laughing. It was very nice. So it's it, uh, yeah, it's just nice to see that that connection's there. And again, I think it's something that we'd questioned for a while, wasn't it? Because that friendship group, it, it seemed like Dyer had moved on a little bit from that. So it's nice to to, to hear that's not the case. 
I think, I mean, my personal feeling on Sonny um, is that he would be a fantastic uh, skipper because he leads by example. I mean, even in his interview, what was very interesting was despite being offered the chance to criticise Conti, uh, particularly uh, with regards to the explosion after Southampton, he said it was, I mean, he basically just said, well, it was weird, but ultimately I'm not going to say anything because my performance is what I was concerned about and he wasn't good enough. So again, he, he looks at himself and, and that's leading by example. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a very, very, selfless uh you know communal team player so i think he will be an excellent skipper and you mentioned eric dyer and i know that i'm probably one of the few people bang this drum if he's going to be here for the next year i think he'd be a great club captain i think between the pair of them they get on well i think it would be a really good axis with which to have our club led um you know in in terms of the dressing room and your point about Romero uh, is is really it's it's very strong, Milo, and I I do agree. I, I'm someone who's criticised him uh, in the past for what I've perceived as a less than glowing attitude, and I was really really happy to hear him come out and and clarify a few things. I mean, I I do think one thing that the interview suggested that we did not mention is that you know he wanted to see what Andrew was going to be all about, and he was convinced within two weeks that this club was going to move in the right direction. Um, I think if we'd had another some what uh shall we say style reductive manager uh, i don't know if he'd be quite as enthusiastic but it's really nice to see that he was uh honest um and and it really gives me a lot more trust and belief in him as a player and i really look forward to watching him kick on this season and i think he will because i think he's got a couple more ceilings to go which is weird to say for a world cup winner and we do have to remember he is a world cup winner should we move but, on to transfer rumors yes who wants to read these who wants to kick these off go on gareth so, David and Sanchez, we've accepted a bid of 12 million euros plus add-ons from Spartak Moscow this week. The Guardian reported on Wednesday that Davinson was expected to reject the offer in favour of one of the other clubs who have expressed an interest in him. There has also been criticism from the fact we are pre- even prepared to do business with a Russian club. So how does that sit with you, the prospect of selling to a Russian club? And what do you think is best for Davo? Steph? Um, it's probably not ideal given the climate. I mean, I think that legally we can do business with whoever we want. I would say that, uh, you know, if we're looking at this as, you know, from a greater political aim or political objective, it probably isn't ideal to be doing business with the Russian club. Uh, I, I will say that I do feel sorry for the followers of Spartak Moscow who do not support the Vladimir Putin uh, regime, of which I th- suspect there are millions. I mean, you know, they have to pay the price for their leaders' actions. That's always problematic to me when that happens because millions of innocent people in Russia are getting caught up in this as well. But I think it would be much cleaner if we were to do business outside Russia, I have to say. And I think also, uh, I mean, sad to say, I think from the racial angle, I think it would be much better for Davinson to find another country to go to because this is a sad reality that there is still uh, a fairly prejudicial outlook in Russia it has to be said and players and black players do get a hard time uh, you know from from what I understand a couple of years ago Spartak Mos- Mos- Moscow put out racist tweets about their own players on you know, on Twitter so be very worried about the level of abuse that he might get there and you know in terms of the kind of sanctions I think it's a bit odd that that it's kind of left open so my understanding is that there'd be it'd be quite onerous on us because we have to get assurance we have to have to assure ourselves that we're not receiving any funds from a sanctioned individual so it feels like the onus is put entirely on the club 
And I would have thought it would be better if either there was just a blanket rule in the Premier League saying don't do business with Russian clubs or or that came from the government rather than putting the onus on, on the clubs because I'm not quite sure how you could you could even do that. So yeah, I, I mean, I, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I can't blame Davo for not wanting to go there or having second thoughts about it, particularly while there's other offers, you know, potentially other clubs interested. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's probably best for all concerned that this doesn't happen and that he goes somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think we've got duty of care for our current employees, which, which Davinson is. And uh, I mean, ultimately, it'll be his decision, won't it? If he doesn't want to go there, no amount of money that the club will accept will make it any more or less likely to happen if he ultimately doesn't want to travel there. And I wouldn't blame him if he did. Yeah. So Ashley Phillips, Athletics Charlie Eccleshare says that Blackburn have upped the asking price for Ashley Phillips to five million plus 4.5 million in add-ons. But there's still confidence at Spurs that a compromise can be reached and the deal will go through. Fabrizio Romano says that Real Sociedad are interested in signing Sergio Reguilón. The Athletic has said that we are monitoring the situation with Nottingham Forest's Brennan Johnson. Brentford have had a £35 million bid rejected and Forest are meant to value Brennan at £50 million. Wow. <laughs> he is a player that we were interested in. When Paratici was here, so he is one that Paratici had watched, and uh, so there is a long-standing interest in him. But I can't see us going anywhere close to fifty million for him. I, I, I doubt. <laughs> I, I doubt we'd match Brentford's bid. I think Villa were interested earlier in the window, but they've moved on from it as well. So he's a yeah. good, look. He's a good player, but when you start seeing these figures quoted, I mean, it is just silly land. Fifty million quid. Goodness gracious! The latest in the Harry Kane saga. A couple of executives from Bayern Munich. We're meant to have flights booked on Friday uh, to come over and chat with Levy about signing Harry, uh, but it was postponed. Steph's put in here, maybe because they didn't want to be seen talking, uh, taking the two call and talking business with Daniel on Harry's 30th birthday. I mean, that is obviously bollocks. Kane would have been scoffing cake on his own. It's negotiations with Levy, so... I, I did also say, or probably not. You didn't you didn't read that bit I, out. I, I added the or probably not. Um, the meeting's <laughs> been rescheduled for Monday, tomorrow for us, um, and the German press seem increasingly confident that Harry is heading off to Bavaria. And it says here, tune in next week when we'll report on flight trackers' activity out of Munich mm-hmm. FBO airport. But we know they're coming over. So what do we think of this? I still think it could go either way. I think on the 1st of September, he could still be a Spurs player. And I think there's just as much chance that he'll be a Bayern Munich player. I really don't see how it will... I really don't... Can't see which way it will pan out. Because I, th- I think all options are available at the moment. I think there's probably a lot of posturing on, on all sides. And there's... Um, there's a lot of loose ends that would need to be tied up beforehand. I mean, all all I would say is we can, I can you know, I can only base what's happening on previous experiences of of our players leaving. And I don't know if this even makes it harder for the club and for for and that he seems to be behaving in such an exemplary way. So if you remember the way that Berbatov and Bale salt when they so desperately wanted a move, which perhaps we all thought, well, are they going to go or aren't they? Where when you look back in hindsight, it was always very very obvious that they that they were going to go. Um, so I don't know whether that. That's even presenting a you know a problem because it's not like he's causing an issue that Ange will want to try and remove himself from. Um, so I don't know. I also think that Bayern are probably guilty of, of thinking they can bully Spurs and probably bully Premier League clubs in the same way that they seem to be able to bully their domestic rivals. So if you're if they're, they're dealing with Dortmund, it's, it is purely an, an, an inevitability that they will get that player. And I think they are behaving in exactly the same way as if they were trying to get one of Dortmund's or um, 
Uh, Leverkusen's best players off of them, and it's just not the way that they're going to do business with with Daniel Levy or with a Premier League club as well. Premier League clubs hold far more power and clout and weight than um, than other clubs in Bundesliga do. So I, th- I think all all options are available at the moment. I think this could go um, either way. I mean, it's eighty or a hundred million pennies for Daniel's thoughts here. I mean, it's as simple as that, really. I, I have no clue at all. I agree with we, we agree with what you've said. I agree with what Milo said. I just have no clue. I'll tune in next week. I probably won't track, check uh, the flight tracker's activity, uh, to, to be honest. That was just me being sarcastic. I mean, you know. I, I, I think, you know, picking up on your point there about his, you know, his behaviour being exemplary, which I agree, I think the difference with the Berbatov and, and Bale situations is that, I mean, firstly, Kane holds all the cards. And I th- one of the reasons why I've always thought that it was, you know, sale was quite likely this summer is because of that, you know, that balance of power, you know, sits with him rather than the club. And it may well, be, the club may well view it as being in their best interest to sell him this summer so there therefore he doesn't need to play up because we may well want to sell him anyway and you know in terms of kind of the meetings with Bayern, Bayern Munich you know this will be the second time that Levy has met face to face with uh, Bayern executives and you're not meeting face to face with this if there's nothing to discuss I, I just don't see you know why you would schedule face to face meetings unless you were negotiating you speak of Berbatov, actually. Uh, I've got to say, I don't know if any of you caught this, but there is an absolutely brilliant social media post that I saw with him talking about how he perfected his touch as a footballer, and it's him without a shirt on in his back in his in his back garden, just as insouciantly as ever, just playing passes off, off one wall in you know to his left, one wall to his right, and just like flicking them around and pulling the ball out of the air. It's just brilliant. I've what a the, footballer. I've seen another one this week where they that they had a um you know the balls that you know the firing fires a ball like yeah, yeah. you get with yeah. tennis players and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. fire a football at him at a hundred miles an hour. And he controls it with one touch. Oh, my God. What a footballer. I mean, that was a heartbreaking moment when he left, wasn't it? It was heartbreaking. What a player. I mean, anyway, anyway, what a footballer. That is good. 100 miles an hour, one touch. Oh, dear. Anyway, Matthias Tell, uh, the Bayern uh, Munich 18-year-old French forward, is, according to Build, a player that we are interested in. Um, You know, I presume somewhere tied in with... uh, a deal for Harry Kane if indeed one is to be struck. Uh, Tell joined Bayern from Rennes last summer and played 22 times in the Bundesliga last season. He scored five goals, um, an exciting prospect. Um, but, you know, I think it would be interesting, Milo, for you to address exactly what potential he has because people will think this is Fraser Campbell and it most certainly ain't. He's really good. So, um, yeah, he can. He plays anywhere across the front line. Um he had a really, really strong under twenty, uh, under seventeen's Euro performance last summer. I think that's where a lot of people first noted noticed him. Um, he gets, he says, it's kind of customary, isn't it, to to compare players to existing, you know, existing players. So he gets compared to Mbappe a lot, and I think we've got a couple of other players that we're about to talk to talk about shortly that also get compared to Mbappe. Um, yeah, he's quick. He's good at taking on beating players. He can play anywhere across the front line. Um, you know, although. Yeah, you know, he played 22 times last season for Bayern, and you know, not many of those in the starting lineup. But he's getting regular games in, you know, in a decent side. I think he'd be you know, a useful addition to the squad. Um, not a Kane replacement, I don't think. I don't think we'd see him playing through the middle a lot. But as a, you know, 
providing cover out wide, great, and the you know the real potential to develop there. So yeah, I think I think it would be, and, and that's maybe how we bridge that gap. You know, we talked about you know where the buying can go up to you know a hundred million pounds when the, the bids have been quite a way short of that. Maybe it's you know it's kind of eighty million plus a player or something like that, and that's how we we bridge that gap. Build the German newspaper have reported that we are interested in Eintracht Frankfurt's Randall Kolo Muani as a possible Harry Kane replacement. Muani is 24 years old and scored 15 goals in 32 Bundesliga appearances last season. He joined Frankfurt from Nantes a year ago on a free transfer and is now valued at 80 million euros by transfer market. The less positive news is that Build only give us a 10% chance of doing the deal. Manchester United are also interested and Build rate their chances at 25%. Um, Mouani is a French international and was thwarted in the 120th minute of the World Cup final by that wonder save. Um, so a couple of points from that. I don't know whether Build's 25% is reduced because United are about to sign the Atalanta forward. I don't know whether that gets factored into it or not. And then um, I'm sure he played against us, would he, in the Champions League last season for Frankfurt? I can't remember whether he did play in that game or not. Uh, my, my bigger question from all this is, um, and I, I always thought anagrams had to, con- you know, you had to have the same amount of letters to come out with another word, but I'm seeing built and I'm just, I, I mean, bollocks seems to be an anagram of built in this case, doesn't it? How does that work? Wait, I don't know. Is it the, are they the equivalent of the sum? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it's just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, it's nonsense. Build the German equivalent of the sun. So, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anything in this. We're not going to be spending £80 million on a player and transfer market normally under undervalued players. So I, I wonder whether uh, PSG might be in for him with, you know, likely to have a departure soon. And I think they were also interested in uh, Rasmus Hoyland as well. So they might be looking for a, a nippy forward. There is a regional French paper, Midi Libre that says we are interested in the 19-year-old Montpellier striker Eli Wahi. Chelsea have already had a bid for Wahi rejected. They're expected to bid again. Uh, Wahi scored 19 goals in 31 matches in Ligue 1 last season. I've no idea what the money involved in these bids is. It just seems like another... It's that time of the, it's that time of the summer window, isn't it, where everyone's throwing all sorts out. Uh, and uh, it just feels like another one of those, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, Chelsea are expected to bid, ne- uh, bid a game from next week. Um, I can't see us outspending them. Um, and yeah. frankly, this is one I hope we go nowhere near. He, he was um, accused of uh, punching a woman in the face in a nightclub a couple of years ago. And there's a couple of other um, things from his um, from the past which are pretty unsavory savory as well. So, yeah, I, I hope we don't go anywhere near this one. Yeah, I did not know that. No, we do not need that at our football club. Uh, actually, no football club needs that at their football club. Uh, we don't need people like that to have any prominence in our society at all. So, no. Yeah. Shall I take your angism of the week, mate? Go on, then. <laughs> this, this, was, this was down here for Steph, but it's, it's come around to my turn now. Uh, the man continues to be a verbal maestro, and despite several choice responses in his most bizarre pre-season of weeks, this gets Steph's vote, I think all of our votes. So Postacogli was asked whether he was frustrated by Tottenham not signing a centre-back already this summer, to which he replied, no, just the football world, mate. I've been in a, lo- I've been in it a long time. I, w- I wish it could be like my wife with Amazon, where we get deliveries every day, mate. But I can't put uh, put one in and get it the next day, unfortunately. It's just the way the football world, so no frustrations. Just keep working hard and try to get it done. 
There was another yeah. one. There was another good Ange one. So the the question about Lo Celso, where uh, rumours in Spain have been saying that, <laughs> this is a um, cracker. Yeah, yeah. Say, saying that uh, he, Ange wanted him to stay. And Ali Gold had asked him about it. Uh, to which he replied, I'm here, mate. You don't have to go all the way to Spain. Just ask me the question. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? I mean, uh, one word. By the way, Ange, maybe you should ask Mrs. P to get the uh, the, the deal done with regards to centre-backs if do she's you want that her to be successful the new, with procurement. <laughs> do you want her to be the new director of football? Oh, you know what? If it's if she's anything, if she's half as sharp as her old man, it might not be a bad move. <laughs> No, I mean, we're all in agreement here, right? I mean, this is Love th- this is Love just him. brilliant, isn't it? It's just so great. It's going to be uh, – who's going to ruffle this guy? Nobody's really managed it. I mean, they had the clown with the Bayern Munich shirt. But he didn't ruffle him. He just said it as it was. He said, you came a long way for that one. Did you get what – I hope you got what you wanted. Is anyone going to ruffle him? Well, I actually, another great angism of the week was in the um, – the pre-match presser for the Lion City one, when it came to him at the beginning, he said, should we get show and tell out of the way before we start the press conference? <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We are going to have to keep a running record of these, aren't we? And it feels like there is a spot developing in this pod, whether we like it or not, where he's going to have one absolute blinder every week. Mm. It feels like it's going to be that way. Um, yeah. I how long yeah. till he starts giving... Uh, analogies about cows crossing train tracks though do we think that's going to happen or is that yeah who knows but one thing we can say is that entertainment will not be in short supply with Tottenham Hotspur both on and off the pitch on and off the pitch indeed uh well thanks lads uh that was fun as always thanks Steph cheers Steph we'll be back next week to talk about our friendly against we'll be back next week to talk about our friendly against Shakhtar Donetsk and whatever else has happened in the week that is to come. As always, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week.